0: And, and look at uh, what what God would say to us this morning. We're looking at uh, a few verses out of Mark uh, chapter 8. We're gonna be looking at, at verses 1 to 10, and uh, we're gonna get started uh, with this this morning. And it, and it starts with this it says, During those days, another large crowd gathered. Since they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will collapse on the way. Because some of them have come a long distance. You know, sometimes I tend to read scripture and when I do that, I can often just gloss over kind of what it says and kind of just read it through, I guess, how I would think today. And as I was thinking about that and how I would, you know, uh, operate out of this today, you know, firstly, uh, you know, people have been with Jesus for three days. Uh, You know, it wasn't like they just went to church for for a few minutes and couldn't make it to the cafe. So, you know, thinking about what might be out there, what am I going to get for lunch, What What has the chef got prepared for me? You know, these people have gone and hung out with Jesus for three days. Some of them, you know, traveling a really long way. And uh, Jesus looks at them and realizes that they've been there for all of this time. Maybe they hadn't planned on being there for three days. You know, I think kind of sometimes hanging out with Jesus was a bit spontaneous. So, you you know, you might be there for 40 minutes, might be there for four days. Uh, Who really knows, depending on how long his message was. But, you know, they're there. And I think about the context of us today, uh, the, the reality of them going home hungry was a big deal. Uh, you know, the other day we were at a movie night uh, at Mullaloo, we had movie nights a couple of weeks ago and I was there and there were vendors and I looked at the vendors and thought I need to get some dinner because you know, I'm here for a while, there's some pack up and I looked at the lines they were really long, I was like, nah, I'm not battling those lines, I'm just going to wait and uh, I waited and I waited and then by the time I uh, looked again they were gone and I was like, oh no, like they're gone, how am I going to pack up? I'm going to faint, you know, like I start having these panics. So I was sitting there like, Ryan, you got to regroup here. What are you going to do? And I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? And I was talking to Pastor John. I'm like, I'm going to KFC on the way home. So I'm like, all right, I know there's an end game here. I'm going to pack up this movie stuff and I'm going to do it in record time. I'm going to get in my car and I'm going to go and buy a lot of chicken and then I'm going to eat it. And so the thought of, you know, getting that chicken, sustaining myself on the way home, I, I timed it out. I looked up what time it shut. I, I planned out my journey. I knew that it was 10 minutes from a Malaloo campus to the nearest KFC. I really love chicken people. You know, and I'm like, I got it planned out. Got home, got through the drive-thru, didn't wait, started eating the chips in the car. (laughs) I was so hungry. These people did not have this luxury. (laughs) They did not have a car. They cannot go through drive-thru. They can't hit up the 24-hour Zambreros if you like run late and KFC shuts. I've been there before. You know, the, the reality is there was a real risk for these people that in their journey home, there was no drive through there was no McDonald's, there's no vendors around Jesus' teaching, there's no like food trucks. They're just out there having an encounter with Jesus, spending time with him. But then there's this very real reality that some of them are walking a long way home and they got nothing to eat, nothing to drink and they are going to make their way on this journey. And it would be easy to go, oh well, you know, should have packed your lunch, mate. You know, should have planned better. But Jesus looks and goes, I have compassion for these people. I see their need. They've been hanging out with me for three days. They're going to be hungry. They're at risk of fainting, some of them. They've got a long way to go. It's not okay that they're in this position. I feel sorry for them. But more than he feels sorry for them, the Bible says he feels compassion on them. You know, it's really important for us that, the first thing I kind of see in this is that we want to see people the way Jesus sees them. We want to see situations the way Jesus sees them. He looks and he's able to go a little bit deeper than what's on the surface. He's able to go a little bit further and see a little bit further and go, well, this is not just their problem. This is now my problem. Like, it's not okay for me just to send them away and go, you'll work it out. He sees com- them and he sees them with compassion. Compassion. You know, we would need to be the kind of people that would see people the way Jesus sees them. That we'd be able to look beyond the surface. We'd be able to look beyond what sometimes we think is reasonable or fair. Or how someone might have arrived where they did. Well, maybe that's because of their own doing. But to look and go, how does Jesus see this situation? How would Jesus act in this scenario? And what would he see? And we know that Jesus sees compassion. There's this definition I I saw out of this, and it, it says this about Jesus. It says, he sees us, with compassion. We need to understand that and learn to see ourselves and others the way he does. Compassion is a deep movement, not just feeling sorry for something. You know, when we feel sorry for something, we can see someone's situation and go, I really do feel bad for you, but you know, that's where you are, I feel sorry for you. But compassion is this idea of being deeply moved by what we see. And it starts with kind of saying to us in this this quote that we need to see that for ourselves first. We need to know that that's how Jesus sees us. That's how he sees our situations. That's how he sees our circumstances. He sees them with compassion. So much so that God sent his son to the cross, the ultimate sacrifice for you and for me because he was moved with compassion for where humanity was at. To go, I want relationship with my people. And I see that so deeply that I'll send my son. But that is how he sees our lives. He is deeply moved by the things that go on. And I truly believe as as followers of Christ that we need to see what Jesus sees, that we need to look out into our world and we need to see what Jesus sees, that we wouldn't just feel sorry for the state of our world. We wouldn't just feel sorry for people. We wouldn't just accept that things are the way that they are. But there would be this deep movement inside of God's people to see something else and be prompted to go, I wanna do something about that. There's great power when we see things the way Jesus sees them. The the scriptures continue and uh, the disciples are are there and uh, they kick straight back in and they say this, they say, but where in this remote place can anyone get enough bread to feed them? Jesus responds, how many loaves do you have? Seven, they replied. He told the crowd to sit down on the ground. When he had taken the seven loaves and given thanks, he broke them, and he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people, and they did so. You know, I feel like sometimes it's easy to look at the disciples and go, "What are you doing? Like, why would you ask that? Have you not seen Jesus do a similar miracle with more people just a little bit earlier? He fed five thousand. You've seen it before." And they see that Jesus sees this and begins to get moved and. They respond and go, well, where does anyone get enough bread out here? Remember, Jesus, there's no food vans. Like, how are we going to feed these people? I imagine there's a, a, a guy there with his spreadsheet going, we got seven loaves of bread. Divide that by 4,000. It's like 0. 0.00014 something of a, a loaf of bread. It will be less than what we have when we come around the table at communion. <laughs> That's not getting anyone home. Maybe we go, who has to travel the furthest? You can have some. But if you live close, you'll be you'll be right but they look at it and go, we don't have enough to get the job done. That's good and well, Jesus, that you see what you see and that you feel, you know, moved for these people and that it's not okay that they're they're hungry and you don't want them just to to go out into the desert without enough. But what are we supposed to do about it? And Jesus looks and goes, well, what do you have? They're like, oh, we have seven loaves. That's not even enough for us to have a loaf each. There was 12 of them. We have to divide that by two almost. And Jesus invites them to kind of bring what they have. But then he still sees that it's not enough. And what does he do? He tells the people to sit down, to recline, to take a posture of being ready to be served. Now, you put yourself in the disciples' position right there. You're like, uh-oh, <laughs> what's going to happen here? Like, he's telling them to sit down. but And then he starts passing it to them and going, distribute, I'd be going, hang on, man, that's a too big a piece. Like, let's divide that by a few more. But Jesus says, he sits there and, he tells them to sit down and they begin to distribute the food. What I love is Jesus knows that he can provide. He knows that he can just do a miracle in that space. He knows that he has what it takes to, to look after the crowd. But he invites the disciples to be a part of it. Despite the fact that they were short-sighted in that moment and, and were only able to see what their limited sight could allow them to see. But yet he still takes their lows, doesn't he? He invites them to be a part of the process and says, what do you have? And they go, we only have this. Where would we find anything else? What I love about Jesus is that he says, you know, I want you to be a part of this. What do you have to bring? And you know what? I often feel like it's never enough. So often I feel like I look at the world and I look at what I see and I look at what Jesus sees and what we're called to be as people of God and go, I, I, I don't have enough. Like, what could I possibly do to solve this? But Jesus invites us to bring the the little that we have, sometimes what feels like the lack, sometimes what can feel like seven loaves of bread to feed 4,000 people. And he invites us to be part of the miracle. And he says, I'll take the little that you have if you're willing to bring it. I'll take the little that you have. I'll take the the short-sightedness that we sometimes have. Being caught up in the moment, being overwhelmed, and I will take that, I'll take your lack, and I'll combine it with my provision. And something extraordinary could happen. But the disciples still had to bring what they had, they still had to bring the seven. I reckon in that moment when they're like, What do you have? and he tells the people to sit down, it's like, Ah, yep, they're feeding another 5,000 again, here we go. This time it's less, he'll get it done. And they walk and they get to be part of it. You know what? They get to walk and they get to hand out the food to the people. Jesus just keeps passing it and passing it and passing it. Keeps providing and providing and providing. And they just go out and they get to distribute and serve and bless the people. To allow them not to go away with their lack, but to actually have the provision of Jesus in their life. This extraordinary miracle takes place when the disciples partner with Jesus in this moment. You might feel like you just don't have enough. You know, I think sometimes in these moments, like, you know, real life, like, explanations, you know, sometimes we'll we'll go away with, you know, people and there's like the MacGyver on Man Camp. Like, you know, I rock up and I'm like, got this little box of cereal, you know, like, and you gotta be careful with the box of cereal. You want the one with the plastic lining on the inside so that you can put your milk in there and kind of shake it up and, and I'm not talking like milk that you need to keep cold because that would involve having a fridge. I'm talking like that you know, that UHT milk that you can leave in the cupboard for however long you like and it's good when you need it. And then I look and there's some other bloke who opens the back of his thing and he whips out this massive thing of steak and some contraption and starts pouring gear on there and he's you know, in his fridge and I'm like, oh man, like this year it doesn't look so appealing. I was like pretty happy with myself. I was gonna eat and now you've got that. Always makes me feel like, oh, maybe I just don't have. I'm a bit inadequate here. I don't have what someone else has. I'm not as gifted and as talented as they are. I don't have all the things that they have. I can't produce something out of nothing. I'm not MacGyver. Can't like save the world with a bobby pin. Why does he have a bobby pin? (laughs) But he can just, it seems like there's these people that can just do anything. And it doesn't matter what you give them, it seems to be enough. And we can look and go, "Ah, I'm not like that. I don't have enough. I'm the guy sitting there with his little box of cereal while someone else is providing meat for everyone. But you know, we're never called to have enough. We're never called to have it all together. If the miracle was simple and the seven loaves of bread was able to feed the 4,000 people, then the miracle of Jesus would be irrelevant. They had what they needed. We're not going to have everything we need to see the miracle take place in our world to see change take place in our world. In fact, it's when we realize that we don't have enough that we actually fall short with what we have and that we actually need Jesus to do the miracle. That's when we finally begin to be able to get it. And so we should look sometimes and go, this feels overwhelming, this feels impossible. How am I even scratching the surface in my world? Well, it's taking the lack that you have and adding it to Jesus' provision. And you know what we find here is that when we do that, there's always more than enough. This, this story kind of continues, and it's, it, it just chirps in here. They had a few small fish as well. It says, Jesus gave thanks for them and also told the disciples to distribute them. The people ate and were satisfied. Afterwards, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. About 4,000 were present after he sent them away. He got in the boat with his disciples and went to the region of Dalmanutha. You know, with Jesus, there's just always enough. It doesn't say that the people just got to have a little bit. You know, they they just got the minimum they needed to kind of get home. A few people got something to eat. It says they ate until they were satisfied. Like they ate until they had enough. They sat there, they reclined, they had dinner together, they had lunch together. I don't know what time of the day it was, but they... They ate together until they'd had enough. And I love that Jesus just dismisses them straight after that. It really shows that there wasn't wasn't anything else going. He didn't set in for another three days of teaching. He just wanted to make sure they had what they needed. And he does this great miracle, and then he's like, all right, people, see ya, in the boat, and he's out of there. And the disciples then get to go and do everyone's favorite job, pack up, right? There's some youth leaders in the house going, I can't believe it's biblical, but you need to pack up. And they're there and they're picking up the pieces. And can you imagine it? Like they started with seven loaves. Like, come on, Jesus. Like picking up seven bags full of excess bread and probably some fish. And they pack up this great miracle. I imagine just walking around that moment being like wowed by what Jesus did. But I also feel like they would have been walking going, oh, he showed us again. You know, like another lesson from Jesus. We couldn't see it, but he could. He did it again. There's always enough when we rely on Jesus. We can so often feel, even in our own lives, that how am I going to get through tomorrow? I don't feel like I have enough for today. You know, it's not about him providing more than we, he doesn't say he'll provide more than we need. He says he'll give us what we need. That he will give us our provision. And when we trust in him and we can go, you know what, it doesn't feel like enough today. Not sure how I get through tomorrow. Never mind helping anybody else. Feel like I just need to help myself. In our own world, we need to learn this lesson for ourselves as well as learning it for other people. That we might not feel like we have enough, but we need to know that he is more than enough. And what I, I love about the, the the miracles of Jesus is that yes, they're astonishing. He did some crazy miracles. That one to me is like up there crazy. That's like feeding 4,000 people with seven loaves of bread is a pretty good miracle. He healed the blind, he raised the dead, he he healed all kinds of sick people, deaf people, allowed people who couldn't walk to walk. He did all of these miracles and he just went around and he just did them. And yes, they are astonishing, but you know what? Astonishment was not the purpose of the miracle. The purpose of the miracle was to bring blessing to someone. And so often we get caught up on wanting the astonishing act and what God wants to do is the blessing. And Jesus does all these things and so often he'll say words like this, don't tell anyone. He'll get in the boat straight away and slip away before the the fuss happens afterwards because his aim in life was not to point out how good he was, it was to bless. It was to go, you know how I'm gonna make an impact on your life, I'm I'm gonna bless you. When Jesus provides and a miracle takes place, the number one thing we should want is the blessing. People might be astonished by the difference that it makes. People might be astonished by seeing what Jesus could do. Jesus might do a miracle in your life and it might be astonishing. But the aim is the blessing. And when we look to partner with Jesus and we look to say, what can we do for people? What can we do to make a difference? What can we do to see a miracle that helps change the world that we live in? In the ministry that we have as we partner with Jesus, it's to bring blessing to other people. People will see the love of who Christ is through the blessing that he provides for them. They were hungry and he fed them. Sometimes it's just in the simple things, feeding someone, just being able to bless them that can provide the miracle for someone else. The uh, Last week, I... I had the privilege of, of doing a wedding for some friends of mine that, that they don't come to church. And uh, when, they, when they were talking to me, they're like, would you do a non-church wedding? And I'm like, what does that mean? Like not in a church, in a garden? Sure. And we're like talking back and forth. He's like, no, 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 like you got to understand, like, I, I, like no church. And I'm like, yeah, 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 like no church, in the garden, cool. Like not at the church. Like some, and he's like, no, I don't want any, like, I don't want any of your religion in my, in, in my wedding. And I'm like, weird request, but Okay. And so we were talking and I was like, you know, and we're, we're just chatting, we're going through it and he's, and at one point I was like, I'd love to just, you know, spend the time with you and your fiance and let's get to know each other and spend some time and you know, he's like, I don't want any of that Bible stuff and I'm like, cool, I, I really get it, like you don't want any of the Bible stuff, that, that's cool, we'll park that here and we'll just hang out. And that's kind of where the process started and we're, we're, we're kind of talking and you know, I remember at one of the end of the times we caught up, he's like, hey man, I really appreciate the hospitality, I'm like, I'm at your house, but Thanks. And that kind of phrase just stuck with me. And we we had this great time celebrating their wedding and, you know, I, I didn't read any Bible verses for them because, you know, they they didn't want to or whatever. And in my head I'm like, why is this making any difference? Like, what is the point of kind of being a pastor and doing this if I'm not allowed to kind of Just sit there and tell them about Jesus. You know what I wanna do? I wanna marry them and then after I marry them, I wanna take them down to the beach that they're getting married on and I wanna baptize them and instead of having a reception, I want like a baptizing party and then I wanna like call them out for sitting here in the front row the next Sunday. I'm like, that would be astonishing. I wanna tell that story. But you know, as I was talking to them, the reality for me was God was like, you just need to be a blessing to them. And you don't get to decide what the miracle looks like. You don't get to decide whether it's astonishing. You don't get to decide whether they choose to follow me or get to know me. That's not your call. Just bless them. And he was telling me like, the, like a few days before the wedding, he's like, yeah, I've been, you know, I was like, oh, how's this kind of process been? We've been kind of having some conversations. He's like, yeah, it's been really good. In fact, I told one of my friends that I'm doing premarital counseling with a pastor. And they just stared at me. They had a feather. You could have knocked them over. And they're like, why would you do that? Like church is weird and irrelevant. They're like, nah, not, like, not this one. And again, I'm like, yeah, here comes a miracle. Like you want me to, I'm gonna lead you through the prayer like three days before your wedding. This is gonna be awesome. The baptisms are coming. That's just weird, right? But so often we, we need the result. We need to go, if God's truly gonna do a miracle, I need to be able to see a miracle occur. But you know what? The miracle for those people might come far later down the track and it might have nothing to do with me. But in those moments, what the, the, the lesson that God was teaching me, and I feel like you can tell a story like this and you go, oh, I want it to make me look good. It doesn't really make me look very good in this scenario because I had to learn the hard lesson of going, you just need to be a blessing to people. In this moment, they've invited you in. And they're resistant to me. Help them just see a little bit of Christ's love. And that's all there was to it. I don't know the next time I'll get to talk to them. I don't know when I'll see them again. There's no... Astonishing miracle to the story. In fact, what God just taught me is that he just wants to bless people. And the miracles that take place come from God's people going, I just want to be a blessing to those around them. I want to show his love. Sometimes I feel overwhelmed. Sometimes I feel like I don't have enough. In fact, most times I feel like I don't have enough. I don't have it all together. Well, the disciples certainly didn't have it all together. That's seven loaves of bread and and a grumpy spreadsheet attitude. So often I think that's what I I would have. Then they had to clean it up afterwards. And with all of that going on, Jesus goes, you know what, just partner with me and watch what we would do. And these guys go on and they learn their lessons and they begin to see great things happen in their own lives. They begin to start the church. They do all these incredible things. They learn from the ministry of Jesus to love and bless other people. And they see incredible things take place. You know, my challenge to us today and I might invite the, the team to, to come back up and join us and they're gonna, they're gonna lead us in some songs and it's gonna be a great time of just spending time in God's presence. But in your life, do you, do you believe in the provision of God? That, you know, even when it feels like you don't have enough, even when it, it, it feels like things are overwhelming, do you, do you see what he sees and trust that he is moved by you because of his deep love for you? That he wants to provide with you, that he wants to partner with you, that he wants to work with you. And if not, this morning it'd be a great time to, as we're worshiping, as we're singing these songs, to allow God to awaken something in you about who he is and how he sees you and how much he loves you and how he wants to partner in this life with you, despite whether you think you have it all together or you don't. It's not what it's about. It's about going, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to partner with you and I'm going to allow you to work in my life with all the good that you've put in my hand and all the gifts that you've given me and all the lack that's there as well. Jesus didn't see lack. He saw seven loaves of bread as an opportunity to feed 4,000 people. He doesn't see your lack. He just wants you to bring it and partner with Him. And the other challenge I have is just a little bit more practical and it's this. This week... Where is there an opportunity for you to be a blessing to somebody else? To take what God has put in your hand, to take the opportunities that you have, the relationships around you, and not to see anything necessarily crazy happen, but to go, you know what? I'm gonna show the love of Jesus to someone else, and I'm gonna be a blessing to them. And I'm gonna allow Him to work through that situation, to work through that scenario, to work through that blessing and allow him to show his love and reveal more of himself to that person and you know what, if nothing happens at some point that person will remember that you did that for them maybe they won't but they will remember a moment where someone blessed them and did something not because they had to but because they were able to see something that not everyone else saw and they were able to act on that and be a blessing to somebody else You know, in a world where even we just prayed before, where there's just crazy stuff happening all the time and it seems dark and it seems bleak, it seems impossible to to make a change and there's so much bad going on. What better way is there to make the church feel more relevant than ever before by shining the light of being the blessing of Christ to other people? What greater miracle can there be that when people are grieving and when they're hurting and when, it seems like this world is a dark place to live, that there are people that are able to walk around and be a light, and be a blessing to others, to reveal the love of Christ to people through their actions and through their words. And you know, I I believe the astonishing miracles take care of themselves because I believe that that's Jesus' part to play. He just calls us to see things the way He does, to allow Him to, to shape what we see and to be moved by what we see and then to act on it. This week, my encouragement would be is to be a blessing in the life of someone who needs it. To bring a little bit of light to this world that can sometimes seem so dark. To show that there is something different about what a follower of Christ would be. Because of the ministry that He calls us to. The ministry that He teaches us how to do through His Word. And in this scenario, I believe it's blessing that we get to pour out on others. Can I pray for us? Why don't we stand God, I thank you that you love us so much, that you are moved so much by the the situation of humanity, that you would send your son to to die on a cross. And that through him, you would model how we can bless other people and how we can partner with you to see great things happen. And so God, for each person here, I pray that they would understand the, the love and the compassion that you have for them and their lives, that you know their situations, that you know their circumstances. And God, you are moved by them. And God, I pray that where it feels like we don't have enough, that we would know we can bring that to you and it will always be more than enough. And Lord, in this world that we live, may we shine your light on it. May we be a blessing to those who need it. May we show your love to those that need it. And Lord, as we do that, may you do what only you can do and draw people to yourself. God, may the people of True North Church be known as a blessing to the world around them. We praise you. Amen. You know what? We're going to sing this song. It's a great song. We sung. It.